the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into uh, the part two of this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. And joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back. Always good to be here. And uh, sitting in for Henry Hatter, we have uh, Wes Whitaker. Wes, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Glad and to be here. last but not least, uh, an armchair politics alumni, J.D. Weingarten. J.D., welcome back to you as well. Oh, thank you. We've had so much fun. I hope people are listening. I, I'm sure they're yelling at the radio, J.D. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Shut that it. guy up! I'm telling you, this is so. I've been pent up for two years. I got to speak out. Did Did anybody see in the free press uh, uh, a piece on um, Republican uh, gubernatorial candidate, uh, former Detroit Police Chief James Craig? He's had a. a, a big uh, implosion within his campaign his uh, campaign let's see if I can pick out some of this without doing the the whole piece um, recent resignation of campaign manager uh, Adam Wright of Grand Rapids um, let's see uh, Illinois based Anthony Saros departed the campaign in December um, Anyway, he's got some new people in his campaign, and he's doing a bit of a of a reboot. Um, is this is this a good time for him to uh, reboot his campaign? He's only got a few more months to the primary. I mean, it's I'm really curious to see what happens in whatever there are a dozen or thirteen people running for for the nomination the Republican Party. Well, and they have that they have that nominating uh, convention the GOP does That's coming right. up in That's about two or two. three weeks. I, I, I hope they don't get violent there. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't... Uh, you have to be excited to get violent. Isn't, isn't, <laughs> isn't Chief Craig the one who, uh, who slapped the Michigan State Police? <laughs> I, I guess I forgot about that. Hmm. I, I don't know. You I don't know. know. I, but it's, it's we'll have a, to see. It's going to be a cat fight to see who comes out of that. Like I say, with, with so many candidates, it's just going to be a bizarre thing. I see uh, Scott Johnson is the only one running ads on TV that I've seen so far. 
I mean, he's getting some name recognition, but whether it's going to make a difference, I don't know. It well, doesn't he seem... He certainly... He certainly thinks he can save. He can. He can save the state of Michigan in his ad. You know. Yeah, yeah that's that's what the ads are selling. At least he, yeah. he's a number. He's a numbers. <laughs> man. He's a numbers man. So uh, yeah, you, you get that ad. I. I well, uh, he's I, running I, the Rick Snyder campaign. Yeah, that's 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 the outside oh, businessman yeah, type of deal. That's exactly right. Boy, you know, he ought to put on some makeup though. He, he looks a little yeah. stark in the ad. I mean, he he come, he. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say anything because I don't want him to come over and hit me about about someone's looks. But God, he doesn't. <laughs> anyway, I won't say anything. I won't say. I'll just leave did, people. Didn't he run his first ad during the Super Bowl like, like Rick Snyder did? I think that was his I, first I, ad was I during the Super he Bowl. Did. I think he did. I think uh, you know. I think that uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, as as we all say, it's going to be a real interesting. Uh, uh, Outing of, of, of personalities, I guess. In the uh, in in, I, I think that the, from the from a Republican standpoint, uh, and, and speaking as a Democrat, uh, I think it's good that they uh, they have this uh, that many candidates because I think that kind of bifurcates their message a bit. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. interested to see what happens with this. Uh, nominating convention are are they going to come out with a, a strong candidate or are they going to leave it up to the uh, primary no they'll have I've a lot of people talking i've heard a lot of people talking about we need to have a candidate that stands for something other than just being against gretchen whitmer and so well um, that's that, that candidate that, has not emerged well you know, what, what's, what's going to be interesting is to see how many of them try and uh prove they're the most loyal to Donald Trump, and how many, if any, will try and break away from Trump uh, no, in the Republican I Party. I don't think that's going to be, um, I don't think that's going to be a standard by which they're measured. Well, it, is that, are isn't that why Trump's coming Trump into, into the stop this weekend? Uh, why is that, Wes? Because you guys are the only ones that are making the Donald Trump argument. When I talk to other Republicans, nobody's talking about, well, do they stand with Donald Trump, or are they going to bring Donald Trump back? Well, is, isn't him. Trump coming into the, into the state this weekend for, to, yes, to endorse a couple of candidates? Yes, yeah, he is, going to be doesn't here. carry the same weight that everybody thinks it does. Not when you talk to the people in the party. Yeah, he's coming to Michigan on April 2nd, a year and a half after he wound up his uh, re-election campaign in the state. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, April first, I'm having a colonoscopy, and I'd rather have that than than, than see him. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's something that uh, the Free Press was speculating about by coming to Macomb County three weeks before an endorsement convention at which Republican delegates will begin deciding their nominees for Attorney General, Secretary of State, and other down ballot offices in November and having endorsed candidates in those races himself, is very much putting his own prestige on the line, but the ramifications of the rally in Washington Township don't end there. He's also like likely forcing some other Republican candidates who are expected to be in tough races this fall to ask themselves, do I go or not? Um, that's... Uh, Will Trump supporters dominate the GOP endorsement convention, or Wes, as as you say, um, is is this something that that the media and Trump is keeping alive? They're, they're, 
it's been my experience um, that there is an element within the outspoken, rabid Trump supporters that is much akin to what happened back in the late 90s when the Christian coalition came in and took over the Republican Party. They are focused so much on one emotional flashpoint that they're not aware of the fact that they're involved in a political process. And anytime you have a cult of personality get involved in the political process, um, it's a disaster waiting, you know, it's the Lusitania looking for a torpedo. And uh, I think there are saner heads in the state of Michigan that are saying, you know, it's all fine and dandy, but you guys are not going to take over the convention. You're not going to ram your platform through, regardless of what you think you might do. And people are looking for serious leadership that has a plan because this state needs somebody who's going to be a leader, regardless of what party they come from, but they need somebody who's going to be a leader and take care of the problems that this state faces. And the, the people that are out there going, you know, Trump's the almighty second coming, um, suffer from cranial rectomitis as far as I'm concerned. You know, I've seen some of Scott Johnson's ads within the last <laughs> within the last two days that uh, highlighted the fact that he was at least apparently supporting Trump. He had pictures of Trump and he and Trump together that he ran on some recent ads in the last few days. <clears throat> so he's really emphasizing his ties to Trump. Well, uh, I couldn't disagree with you more, Wes. Um, as far as leadership yes, you is could. concerned, yes, you could, and you will. <laughs> Let's keep it on. I uh, I must tell you though that uh, in, in all in all honesty, in my uh, seventy seven years, uh, I I've never seen a, a better governor take control and, and try to do the right thing for the people of the state of Michigan. Uh, she I think she's terrific. I think she's dynamic. Mm -hmm. I think that she'll continue to 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 do do it if we could only get a democratic uh, legislature. Uh, we would have it a lot easier, but that's okay. They, they'll be able to compromise. There's some reasonable people up there. Uh, and, and I think that you're going to find that with the end of the pandemic, uh, that I think Michigan's doing quite well right now. And I, I don't think that there's much you can argue about as far as that is concerned, Wes. Okay. And that, Sheldon, is your opinion. <laughs> uh, no, but, but look we all can disagree I, I you know i think the whole idea though of all the political process is to work together to try to forge a uh a better a, a better michigan and 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 i'm I, you know i think that those who are radical believers in donald trump uh, uh they're gonna have to understand that that's the way that the way of the world is an honorable democracy with honorable people working together to try to work it out. It's not a press release. It's not the spin. It's working together let me, from dealing from the heart. Let, let me ask your, your thoughts on, uh, on this because I'm always fascinated by the primary process and, and very 
often, in fact, most times, there's a favorite candidate of mine in a primary pool that, you know, never really makes it past uh, <laughs> um, oh, I know. New Hampshire. I, I've supported some of those candidates. But, I, I yeah, understand. But in, 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 the, there. in the Republican field for governor, is there somebody that's really got some, some chops, some experience, and that that has some leadership capability that just can't raise the money to, to be out there and to be known? Are there are there any any potential stars, not not big names, but somebody with some real chops that's just being ignored? I don't know. I don't know enough about the. Yeah, like I say, except for Scott Johnson and and Craig, those are the only two that have gotten much coverage lately that I've seen. But that's just I mean, it. Those are the people. Like I say, that there's, there's a dozen see. people out there. Uh, I don't know. Is there an outstanding congressperson who who's running? That's that's what uh, I'm trying to get at, and I don't know the. Maybe field West well knows. West, do you know anybody? Uh, you know anybody like that? <laughs> no, not top of my head. I don't think anybody in Congress is that I'm aware of right now. Uh, I don't. I don't either. I, you know, how about that guy that stood up to Trump's uh, harangue about uh, the Michigan? What was his? Uh, what? You mean Meyer? Yeah. What's he uh, like? No, I think I think Meyer's going again for Congress, as far as I know. Oh, okay. Out All in right. Grand well, Rapids okay. area. Well, that's good. That's a, that's good. That's good. You know, uh, I, I really don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I really don't. I, I, you know, and and I want you. I want less than every. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember being fond of a particular Republican in 2016 who came out 18 in a field of 17. <laughs> I remember back when I was, I was young. I was supporting this guy who ran for Senate, and I don't even remember his name. That's just terrible. But I was, I was involved with his campaign, and he. It, and it's, he was a great guy. He spoke eloquently. He's an attorney from Detroit. I can't even remember his name. And I think he, I think he ran against, uh, of all people, uh, Hart. Not Hart. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Hart for Senate. Yeah. Yeah. And and and. Well, that and was I, that was the uh, Hart's was the opening that uh, Debbie Stabenow eventually. Yeah. Well, this is this is uh, this was post. This wasn't Debbie Stabenow uh, was. Not this is the first this time Hart ran? I, I don't it's so it, it you know when you get old like me you just forget this stuff. But anyways, he was terrific. But you know, he couldn't he didn't garner those votes. He couldn't bring he couldn't bring the, the uh, Democrats into the fold. And uh and that happens, you know, but I, I there's gotta be a Republican out there that's you know, that's got well, the character and conscientious and, and uh, Garrett Soldano Garrett Soldano fits that mold, but the guy that that you mentioned somebody that's probably not got the money but has the ideas is probably Kevin Lincoln. Yeah, because I don't. Uh, Kevin yeah. who? I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't being facetious. I really want to try and remember his name. Well, he's, he's the guy who has the commercial where he's driving the, the old GTO or something like that. Oh, yeah. That he, he, he's a, a businessman who's built, built his own company and stuff. And wants to come in and, and change the state's education system. Hey, we got we a lot more. We got a break here, okay. but we'll pick it up there when we come back. Stay tuned. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Today. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with Armchair Politics uh, on today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program, and we have uh, J.D. Weingarten joining uh, Roundtable regular Paul Rosicki. And uh, filling in for Henry Hatter, we have Wes Whitaker. And Wes uh, has to bug out about 11.30 or so. But, uh, Wes, it's so good to have you here. By the way, mm-hmm. during the break, I pulled up the list of Republican candidates for governor. And the yeah, only two that I recognize that so far are to Craig and um, uh, Johnson. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm looking at the other names here. And at least right now, uh, the only other name I've heard somewhere is Soldano, who's a chiropractor businessman and uh, owner of Unlock Michigan. But the other ones, I've not really heard much about them so far. But I've got a list of mm-hmm. a dozen names so far that have declared. And a You're on the bridge? Others. I'm sorry? You're on the bridge website, Bridge Michigan? Oh, uh, I'm on... Uh, actually, this is a Wikipedia I've pulled up. I just, okay. I just did a Google search of uh, Republican gubernatorial candidates 2022 and pulled up the list here. And i got a dozen here. And, yeah, uh, Bridge, Bridge, Michigan has got an excellent little list of all the candidates and a, a short little paragraph of what they're all about. And so Donald, to me, is is hands down the top contender as far as his platform, his experience as a business owner. He's, oh. he's considered one of the Garrett Soldano. Yeah, I've heard his name mentioned. He's the only other one I've heard mentioned anywhere. Uh, this list here. Uh, well, I think he's probably time to... Is he a, chiro- is he a chiropractor? Yeah, he's well, a chiropractor, businessman, and former co-chairman of Unlock Michigan is what I've got here in my, my screen. Stand-up Michigan, yeah. Well, he was a, he was a college know. football player, played in the pro, pro. He got drafted into the pros, but didn't stay there very long. But he's actually built several businesses, and he's he wants to bring uh, business... He wants to support business in Michigan and build Michigan's... Economy. He sounds like based he on sounds them. like a he sounds like a very viable candidate. You know, traditionally, and Paul, please correct me if I'm wrong. The idea is to move towards the center so that the independent voters. Exactly. I, I've always argued you you win the primary on the twenty yard line, you win the general on the fifty yard line. Exactly. Yeah. And the, and the and the trick is the real trick is is to you know to be more appealable to more people. Uh, because in, and, and it always works in Michigan because we have a lot of independent voters here and, uh, they usually are the swing they're the, they're, they make the difference. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to see a, a good, honorable, uh, Republican candidate. I really would. And, and, you know, I really would like to see that because I think that makes, that makes the system healthy and Lord knows our system has been really sick. Uh, with the national situation, and uh, this this is a good thing. Uh, this is a good thing. I, I, I if I was a Republican, which I'm not, I would support this guy. <laughs> well, the, the the funny thing is, the things you need to do to win the the primary are the things yeah. that may lose you the general election. I mean, that's right. In the primary Paul. election, you get the the hard right and hard left generally turning out in large, in significant numbers. Well, well, everybody well, else stays home. Everybody else stays home, or the Democrats love to go and switch. 
Yeah, that's also true. They'll, yeah. they'll go switch, you know. Be, you know, they really, they really screw things up. But yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's happened more than a few times here in Michigan. Yeah, but yeah. but you know, honestly, honestly, it's healthy to have good candidates, candidates with character, with reputation, with understanding, with heart. All of those ingredients that uh, are, have been absent at the national level uh, with the Republican Party, and. It would be a nice, refreshing change, uh, and it might, and the person could win. They could win. May, you know? Hey, Paul, what do you think? Maybe it's time to do an off-the-beaten-path to the governor's mansion. Oh, yeah, that would be a, a great idea. I, I yeah. think maybe it's time to start contacting some of these, uh, uh, some of the, the GOP dozen in... Um, and and get them on the show and and get some people introduced to that him. would be a great idea because no wouldn't I said, that be a, fun interesting it's an interesting list here in fact I'm looking through the list in terms of the backgrounds here yeah but and again here's here's a fellow called Bob Scott who's a jelly maker and a vice president of the Evangelical Alliance Ministerial Association yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a, um, <laughs> Michael Martin. Uh, here's here's a, a Tudor Dixon who's a conservative radio person media personality. Yeah, uh, really. A couple, a couple of police officers, Craig and Mike Brown, is captain of Michigan State Police. Perry Johnson. Uh, uh, yeah, Perry Johnson, of course. Um, here's a Brian Kelly, who's an Allendale Township Planning Commissioner. Um, here's a Michael Markey, who's businessman and media personality. Hey, Paul, can yeah. you can you, um, can you copy that? list just just highlight it and, and paste sure. it in an email to me yep i'll do that okay I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take a huh? look at that list and see if i can track some of them down west do you have uh a, a better list or or maybe a list with contact no, information? I'll, send, I'll send you mine it's probably the same thing that he's looking at but it's it it shows it shows that there's you know there's 13 people running but there's only two maybe three that i would consider serious contenders well, maybe hey, Wes, maybe yeah. it'd be good to meet them all. Pardon? Oh, Wes, uh, uh, have you ever been to one of those conventions? Well, yeah, I I was a state outreach chairman in 1998. Oh, cool! Uh, uh, were they were they fun to 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 get involved in? I bet they were. They were. They're just as they're just as raucous and rowdy as the Democrat conventions. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I not, there's not a there's not much difference when you get down to the political machine. You know, yeah. it's like, do you like the left tire or the right tire? Aha! Uh -huh. They're both well, tires. That's, that's good. That's right, great. right. That's fun. Well, I don't think I'd be very popular there, but it's very nice that you know that uh, <laughs> that. That they do it that way, and that there's there and, and look, Wes, there are very there are wonderful, uh, and this is right from the heart, wonderful Republicans. Okay, I want you to know that. I'm one of them. I, I think That's you right. are. That's I right. I, I, no, there, there there are some very sane Republicans. We can use right. those. And, and, and Wes, my I, concern, my concern is is Michigan's economy needs needs to have somebody come in. And reestablish Michigan's economy for the future. Well, so if I the agree. state becomes a leader in, for instance, technology. Well, we've got that. Education. But West, the biggest, the, your best political tool 
is the fact that Bill Clinton signed that uh, agreement with Mexico. That's your best and strongest suit. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. You know it. What's what's frustrating, and and I, I kind of hear what Wes is saying is this sense that you know as as the auto industry changed so dramatically and had such an impact on Michigan. And then we start talking about Michigan's got to get more modern, it's got to get into the 21st century, yada, yada, yada. And and it just seems like all the effort goes into modern cars. Wow. You know, gotta, instead of really gotta, trying to look at all of what there is, well, that's right. Every, everybody talks about technology taking over the, the automation of the manufacturing and all that. But somebody's got to fix the robots. That's right. Somebody's got to run the conduit. Somebody's well, that's right. Somebody's got to robots. And somebody's right. got to make the chips, and it better be us soon. Well, <laughs> yeah. build anything in America anymore. I, I second that emotion, let me tell you. That's right. I'm astonished but, when I drive around town, I see all those cars parked in all, every empty lot around town. With oh, the, they're all over the place. Exactly. What's going to happen when they start rusting, for goodness sake? That's what, I, that's what I wonder. One. They've been sitting there, in some cases, for quite a, quite a long time, uh, waiting for the chips. I don't know the if they're going to rust, but, I, yeah, but, but that's a real problem. I think I think that we have to adjust. And one of the things that people fail to realize about Flint, Michigan, is that we went from 80,000 uh, 80, factory workers to 7,500 on a good day. Right. And, you know, that's a massive change. But we can thank uh, the Mott Foundation. We can thank some of our leadership, our Democratic leadership, uh, for, I might add, <laughs> for, 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 for making the transition possible. with J.D., you're old enough to remember this. You're old enough to remember this. Clinton's at one time the global center for innovation and entrepreneurship. I mean, it really was. People came from all over the world here to work in Buick. To that's right. Oh, right. No, all no, of the right. automotive oh, yeah. innovations that were done here. Well, that's right. But you see, but, but like I know you were just else, a kid then, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I can remember, <laughs> we, we were America's city in 1955. I mean, this was... Clint, this was the, Clint this Michigan was, was in the top 10... In the top uh, ten most disposable income in cities absolutely. in the whole country, exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. In the in Michael Moore needs to be. I want I want to say around sixty four or sixty five. I was on a family vacation. I was a kid at the time, and uh, we were in Topeka, Kansas, and reading the the Topeka State Journal, there was an article that mentioned Flint as having the highest paid factory workers in the world. Yeah, no, I think historically yeah. that's been true. And, and, you know, back back then, they were making about $100 or $120 a week. And that was big money back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, uh, you, you got to yeah, remember. But back then you could buy a Volkswagen for $250. No, no. Well, you could buy a used one. A used yeah. one. You could buy a pretty damn used. Yeah, I, hey guys, I, I, I got to go. It's been fun. Hey, thank Wes, you so much. Thank you, Wes. Thank, thank you, Wes. Thank you, Wes. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, bye, Thanks, Wes. That was uh, Wes Whitaker sitting in for. Mr. Uh, Always good to have. Good to have Wes here. He has a lot. Of, he has some good nice. insights. Very yeah. nice man. Uh, very nice. And I, I, I you know. 
I, I, I'm really, I'm just so much, I'm so thrilled to be here, Tom. I want you to know that. Well, it's I, good to, I, you know, it's good to have fun. you back and, and, uh, and to be talking again. Uh, in, in fact, I hope this happens with uh, a lot of people that have been involved in the show in the past. Things got kind of, yeah. yeah. things got a little bit closed up, you know, during the pandemic, but maybe sure. things will open yeah, back up as we get more back to uh, normal. And Wes has, has been a uh, guest on the on the show and, and been part of Armchair Politics multiple times. In fact, he even uh, went to hell with us once. That's right. Yeah, we had a good trip to hell with West. There you go. There yeah. you go. So that, that's fantastic. Uh, now we can really start bad-mouthing Trump, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's no fun if he's not here, though. <laughs> no, but, but, if, if, uh, but, but here's an opportunity to um, do some, some multiple bashing. Um, some, uh, a number of recent surveys show pretty good public support for President Biden's uh, Supreme Court nominee. Um, and, and let me just let me just ask she's likely to be the uh, most popular nominee to be confirmed since John Roberts in 2005. Um, is she do you think Judge Jackson's going to sail through confirmation and what senators look good or bad? in the wake of her confirmation hearing? Oh, I think uh, certainly Ted Cruz, with his, his silly questions, came across as being, being kind of a terrible image for the Senate. Um, I, 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 would, I would classify his, his questions as shocking and egregious. Yeah. Uh, they were totally outrageous. But we, we touched upon this earlier in the show. you know, you got to look at, the, at this individual and his prior conduct, and it's uh, it, 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 it's it's alarming to me that that uh, uh, what what what's happened with him. I I, I think that I, I think she's a terrific uh, jurist. She'll make a great Supreme Court justice. She's going to follow the, the law. I loved her opening statement about that she wants to uphold uh, what's on the what's right on the Supreme Court, right up there when you walk in the door. Equal protection of the law, due process of law. These are the things that we can be proud of. She's got a terrific uh, pedigree. She went to my father's alma mater, Harvard Law School, which is which which, uh, which says uh, speaks volumes. Of course, Cruz and, and a very diverse background. I mean, she's she's worked at for as a uh, well uh, in, the, in the private sector in ways that other other Supreme Court she, judges haven't. And to uh, us she, trial lawyers, Paul, that's very important. Yeah, that she's been on yeah. the ground. That she's been a uh, like me, a prosecutor, uh, a, pr a civil a civil litigator. These are things that will help will help the quality of justice that that Amer each and every one of us will be re hopefully receiving in the future. And I am really up upset though with uh, this. Um, you know, obviously I'm upset with the makeup of the court, uh, but you know, sometimes when you have a, a truly dynamic uh, judge, uh, they can sway opinions on that bench. I, I was struck by the way she handled herself under some of those, those oh. ridiculous questions. She was she, very level-headed. She didn't, uh, didn't get angry at the people. She just responded in a oh. very oh, sensible, and, civilized way. 
And yeah, I'm surprised she didn't pull a Will Smith on Holly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> True. I, I want to tell you, though, but do you know, did you notice, and Paul, Paul's a great public speaker, did you notice how she paused? How, yes. How she, how she spoke slowly? How she uh, sometimes would repeat a line that was a, 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 a exceptionally outstanding, and that is the mark of a of a very uh, profound judge. And, and as we said last week, at least she didn't cry and say she she loves beer. Oh God! <laughs> like a, like a previous Supreme that Court guy. Justice. I mean, I know. Uh, I don't. Don't get me started. Of course, I don't think. I mean, I can say this. I can say this. Uh, uh, I don't think that the Democrats handled that thing very well either, though. I've had several. Um, candidates for Supreme Court, um, for the Michigan Supreme Court on the show. Yeah. And whenever I talk to any candidates for judge, but especially candidates for, for the Supreme Court, they always talk about being rule of law judges. Right. And they right. try to dismiss the politics. And the the question is, do we make way too much of these um, partisan balances? You know, the well, fact that it's 6-3, it, it's, it's what, 4-3 um, or 5-2 or, or something on the well, Michigan Supreme see, Court. The, Did, and, and, and yet that, that same body elected see, a, uh, a, a so-called Democrat to be the chief yeah. justice. Yeah. Well, 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 but let me let me speak to. Can I speak to that? Yeah, please. All right. All right. Number one, all judges uh, are going to say the same thing. They they want to interpret the law. They're not going to make the law. That's up to the legislature. Uh, they are going to s interpret the rule of law, and that that's fine. However, you have to, from the Supreme Court's perspective, in the United States Supreme Court, you have to look at where their perspective is the perspective of the conservative jurists is that they are want to interpret the law like our founders would interpret it in 1776 well quite frankly that's ridiculous you have to interpret the law as it applies to 2022 and if your basis for interpretation of the law <laughs> is founded in the in the 17th or 18th century, early 18th century. You're going to come up with this. You're going to come up with different things because well, the found. You're going to come up with different things. The Constitution has to grow with the times. That's what law is all about. That's that's what uh, governing people is all about not something based upon 1776. I mean, they wouldn't know what, a, what, what they, they, they have well, none I, of the modern technology. They have none <laughs> of the understanding. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And that's what, I, that's I, what I was, they I was, do. I would always apply that to the Second Amendment. That means we can only have muzzle-loading rifles and so forth. Well, right. <laughs> I, and, I, and, and that's what I, and by the way, Paul, that's exactly what I said on the Today Show uh, when I got to speak to 11 million Americans on Super Tuesday 2000. I said that uh, when the founders, uh, when the founders uh, came out uh, 
about the Second Amendment, the inalienable right to bear arms, right. they were talking about 30-pound uh, long guns, not, uh, not uh, revolvers that could be loaded, pointed, and shot by a six-year-old child. Yeah. And, and, and I, I drove that point home because it's obvious. You can't interpret. Now, I will say this as far as those, if there's some Second Amendment folks that, out there that, oh, right, I, that's my right, blah, blah, blah. That is your right. However, your right is tempered by the police power of the state because that's what Scalia even said in his minority opinion. But you see, the NRA and the rest of those folks, they never talk about the police power to limit the amount of uh, and to and to protect the public against, um, you know, concealed weapons, uh, weapons of war and stuff like that. They don't ever talk about that. But the fact is, is that the police power has the right in the Constitution to protect the public from those kind of uh, situations. And, and, and they never talk about that. Now, all right, let's not talk about that. But I will, but hey, I want to, as long as we're on the Supreme Court or, or somewhere in the vicinity of the Supreme Court, I wanted to bring this up because, um, and, and we just have about two and a half minutes, members of the House Select Committee investigating January 6th are discussing whether to call Ginny Thomas, wife of oh, Supreme yeah. Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Um, <laughs> she's come under scrutiny after CNN reported text messages she exchanged with former President Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, um, and, and, and encouraging him to try and overthrow the 2020 election. How historically significant would her testimony be? Well, let me speak to that. I could before the Supreme, significant for the Supreme Court, not so much for the the, the hearing itself. All but right. I think that may affect I, the Supreme I, Court. I don't think her testimony. I think they got more people to get in to testify, so they can turn the thing over to the to the Attorney General's office. That's so. Then what what this, what Ginny said? I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think. I think that's a complete fabrication by the press. Overreaction. Yeah, we know what she is. Yeah, she, she didn't. Did she conspire? Did she pay? Did she actually know what these people were going to do when they went and did it? I don't. She did. She incite a riot. Did she speak Probably to these not. people? I don't think so. And I think that's pretty obvious. I want that. I want them to get the evidence and get it over to the uh, to, to to Merritt Garland and let's get let's get let's get those who are responsible if. They can prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt because they are presumed innocent. But if they if they feel that they they can, then let's get let's get some prosecutions going here. And, this and is, get get the work done this year before before uh, the, end before of this the year. midterm before exactly. the midterm. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's what I'm gunning for. And whether and and see the and to be sidetracked uh, for that. She has, and the other thing is, she's got free speech rights. I mean, she can say anything she wants as far as as far as what they what what she believes they should do. I mean, that's as long as there's no action words, and as long as there's no you know yelling fire in a uh, in a in a crowded theater, uh, or or yelling uh, go, let's go, go let's go get let's go get then uh, let's go you know like what right. was said. Uh, I just think that's just a complete waste of time. Now, whether he should have recused himself or not, whether that's an impeachable offense or not, you know what? 
You know what this guy stands for. All right, we got to take a short break. Hey, we'll be back uh, with the final segment right after this. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Wisecarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flip Flip Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. It'd be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov slash AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the final segment of today's edition of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with one of my favorite segments, the... uh, the X-Files, those weird and wacky uh, stories that don't seem true and yet they are. Although it's going to be a little hard to tell if we <laughs> shifted <laughs> true. to the X-Files from the regular uh, headlines. But uh, now Listen, I mean, we, we've kept people awake, I hope. Here, here we go. <laughs> the school board in the city where jazz took root is preparing to undo, undo a little-known 1922 rule that bans jazz music and dancing in public schools. Officials tell the Times-Picayune, the New Orleans advocate, that the policy has racist origins as its creators sought at the time to distance New Orleans school children from the African-Americans who created the genre. The rule has been ignored for decades. Jazz is taught in some schools, and marching bands accompanied by dance teams are a fixture of carnival season parades. In this instance, and in this instance only, we're glad that the policy was ignored by our students, by our schools, board member Catherine Bodwine said. Our schools played a major role in the development of jazz. The board discussed the policy at a committee meeting Tuesday and planned to vote Thursday on reversing it. Do you think there might be some little-known centuries-old law banning waltzes in Vienna? <laughs> you know, I'll, be, I'll bet I would bet you. Did you know how much how much a, 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 a wage earner made in 1922? Uh, per hour, I will tell you, twenty-two cents. Do you know what the? And, and I I would support the idea that that there could have been a lot of rat. There, there. I know there was a law in the books of spitting on the sidewalk. I, I think it's still there. I think there's a law that prohibits people uh, from doing all kinds of normal. Oh, yeah, there, uh, there's, there's a book out about these kind of goofy laws that's proposed yeah. locally for, I've seen some of those, uh, I think it's, it's a crime in, in some city in Montana to carry a goldfish on a bus. Now, where that came from is beyond oh. me, but, <laughs> you know, it, uh, my, my guess is that somebody did that and they dropped a the goldfish and somebody got cut and they went to their city councilman and says, you got to do something about people carrying goldfish on buses. Exactly. So they passed the law. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
Well, but I was that, really that, surprised. I, I don't know if, if you happen to know the musical duo uh, Dave and Rosalind, Rosalind uh, Leonard um, and, and her husband David. Um, she was from Flint originally, but they've oh. lived for decades in New Orleans as street performers. And they're regularly featured with Rex in the in the big Mardi Gras parade and so on. But she's black, he's white, and they have been married since the 50s. Hmm. And hmm. there was a law in New Orleans, and I didn't know about it until they told me about it, that prevented black musicians and white musicians from playing together. Oh, is that right? Oh, oh. God. Isn't hey. that... Uh, isn't that a stain on in, their history? In in New yeah. Orleans, of all places. Yeah, yeah, like I say, New Orleans, you think, would be stain. the exception to that. I mean, I, there's parts of the Deep South you would sort of expect something like that in that era. But New right. Orleans, you would assume, would be something different. And, and Dave told me that he, you know, regularly uh, would go to these uh, after-hours joints right. to jam with other musicians. And black and white musicians would, would show up at these places. And occasionally they'd get raided, and uh, David yeah. actually went to jail for no playing, for See, playing music with a black guy. With a black guy. Isn't that pathetic? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's just as pathetic as how out of touch of reality the British crown is by having William and Kate go to Jamaica, and, 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 and you know, uh, which was fine, but... You know, they were greeted by protesters because of the slavery that was uh, promoted by the Crown back in the early centuries. And I thought William handled it brilliantly. He said that uh, this was a stain on our history and we're so terribly yeah. sorry and blah, blah, blah. But, hey, uh, you'd think that they would have realized that they were going to get that kind of heckling before they uh, uh, took this tour. You know? Yeah. Uh, here's, yeah. It's, it's let, let me let me squeeze in one more of these before we run out of time. Go ahead. Go Re ahead. Remember, um, Paul, from last week, the North Carolina dog who was dumped at a shelter by his owners because he humped another oh, yes, male dog. Oh yes. Yes. And the owners <laughs> oh, yeah. feared he was gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he has been adopted. The Stanley County Animal Protective Services in Albemarle. Uh, posted on Facebook Tuesday that Fezco had found new humans to love him for who he is, pelvic gyrations and all. The shelter also Funny. confirmed to HuffPost that the dog's new owners are Steve Nichols and his longtime partner, John, who spoke to TMZ on Tuesday about why they welcomed the very friendly pooch into their home. The couple said they renamed Fesco Oscar after the Irish poet and playwright Oscar Wilde, who was gay. Nichols told TMZ that they felt an immediate connection to Oscar and his story because they have been also they have also faced uh, discrimination. The couple added that Oscar's previous owners were not only bigoted but apparently bad at taking care of him. The dog hasn't been neutered and has heartworms. Do you think Fesco, now known as Oscar, feels free to come out of the closet now? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have a news break. I have a news break. All right, breaking news. <laughs> Betty Eddie's Cafe 
in Flint is to be featured on America's Best Restaurant. Well deserved. Well, well deserved. I, I saw that yeah. notice. I saw that, I saw that notice yeah. too, and and kudos. Yeah, it's a great spot. Well, we've got about two and a half minutes left. I want to make sure and uh, say thanks again to Wes uh, Whitaker for jumping in. Um, kind of at the last minute, I got a hold of him uh, last night. And, uh, That's kind of, it's kind of funny that, uh, that Henry's not jury duty since we're both on the jury board. <laughs> I didn't know he was up this year. <laughs> um, well, I, I, and I got, a, I got a note from him or a phone call uh, overnight that um, his jury duty had ended. But oh. I had already booked Wes, and, and so Henry will be back with us next week at the, I see. At the usual time. But I want to say thanks again to Wes Whitaker for, uh, for sitting in for Henry today. Um, yep, we always appreciate it when Wes is here. And also, uh, what a real treat having JD back. I, I was trying to figure out how to how to describe because you were you're practically a founding member of this roundtable. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I I I am thrilled and delighted to be here. And please invite me back again. I I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, it's often that, that I've I've not had the opportunity to uh, lately to you know to do anything like this. So it was really deja vu for me. Especially uh, with you, Tom. Tom, working with you is a thrill and a joy. You're a gentleman and a scholar, and it's uh, it's great to be here, and, and it's great to great to have fun uh, in politics. Uh, there's not much fun out there anymore, but um, well, thank I you. keep thank trying to bring me. it back, JD. You know, the, that's right. That's trying right. to get to where you know, like like with you and Wes today. You know, there. There were some moments when you clearly disagreed about things without being disagreeable. True. Right. Right. And that's the way it should be. And, and, and I, I applaud you that. and him both. And Henry, when he's here, and everyone else who participates. Yeah. You know, this is a place where people come to have serious conversations and, and maybe learn something they didn't know yesterday. Exactly. That's right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. No question about it. But anyways, thanks, and please, please invite me off often. I enjoy it very much. Well, be careful what you wish for, JD, because you're in the <laughs> you're, you're in the rotation now. All right. right. By, well, thank you. Thank you. By the way, JD, I think we, we may start up the Breakfast Club in the next couple of weeks. I think I'm not sure. Oh, please so. let me know. Please I will do that. Know. Oh, that when, when's that going to be, Paul? I'm not sure. I was, I've had a couple of emails from some of the folks, and they're starting. To, we haven't done it for two years. I think somewhere in the next few weeks, I hope to get things back going again. But on weekdays or on Saturdays? Uh, it'd be probably a Friday morning is what we've always used. Oh, okay. I suspect. Well, I, pro- I probably won't be able to make it because of the show, but... Uh, well, if it changes, I'll let you know. And yeah. I'm not sure if and when it happens, I'll let you know. And and Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki, I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here today. Always good to be here. Yeah, great to be with you guys. I got to go, and you take care, everybody. All right. Take care, J.D. Me too. And uh, good night, everybody. Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.